We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 24th day of June, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and somewhere between iconic and psychotic, the fan favorite, Marty Foster. Marty, it's good to see you. How are you now that you've sorted out your technical issues? Um, well, it, it appears to be stable. I think I just suffered a cyber attack. Um, Beijing are directly targeting me now these days. I don't know. Russian the hackers. But Russian the, hackers. Yeah, right, right, yeah, Putin's fault. Um but yes, yeah, I'm good. I hope you guys are good. Doing very yeah. well. Healthy and alive. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. I don't know about the quality of where we are this evening. I, I really don't know because uh, we did some software updates today and we're usually spending better part of a week to try and get all the kinks worked out. So if there are any audio problems for that, I do apologize in advance. So uh, anyway, don't want to waste all the time talking about that stuff. That's just technical behind the scenes stuff. I thought that we could start with what's front and center for you, Marty. I asked you before we started if you were still in Twitter jail and you said that uh, no, uh, you'd never been in Twitter jail. And that's a shame. We're going to have to figure out how to put you there. Uh, one or two times to you know make you feel inclusive, uh, but you said you were in Facebook jail and now you're out of Facebook jail. Yes, I'm out of Facebook jail. I I haven't um, committed the same offence again. I'm committing similar offences, but making sure I use uh, different terminology so that the um, algorithmic checker doesn't pick up on exactly what I'm saying. So um, that seems to be working. But I have still been shadow banned. And I'm appearing way down people's feeds, so um, they they get they get you one way or another. But with regards to Twitter, I just checked the last time I I actually looked at Twitter was about five days ago, and I I like to be able to respond to the the uh, the politicians' tweets on Twitter with with some truth bombs because you know they they're fake outrage at certain things irritate me in the extreme of course most of the 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 upper echelon have all got press secretaries who control their social media feeds and, and and accounts anyway so they never get to hear what people really want to say to them because if they did they'd be sat in a corner um hugging themselves rocking back and forth and crying um i think would would be the the reaction if for instance boris johnson actually knew what the public really thought of him do you think he actually knows i mean these people i know that they live in like their little echo chambers and they've got their little circular logic thing that they're involved in but do these people honestly think that the public likes them do, do they really believe I that i mean <clears throat> if you looked at uh, just just on the fact of let's let's take london for example just that one city Let's go back a year ago, okay? Just a year ago. You had hundreds of thousands of people, peaceful people, in the streets of London, starting at the BBC headquarters and working their way down to number 10 Downing Street every weekend. They can't be blind to that. No, they, they know that there's resistance, but it's people of Boris Johnson's, um, and I hate to use the word, but it, it's a fact, his privilege you know, eaten, educated, father of a multimillionaire, and who he's got himself involved with. People of that level have developed this this special breed of narcissism that allows them just to carry on blindly, ignoring um, opinion and pressing on with the plan. So, so that's the issue. It's it's either a condition that they've developed from their position of power or it's something that they already had and help them get to their position of power, this this narcissism. You got, sorry, uh, and again, I, I I think Biden is is a bedwetting, senile old fart, but at the same time, Trump had 
a level of narcissism as well, which allowed him to Hair. press on regardless, despite... He still, he still does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. He still does have that problem. But for them, it's not a problem. For them, it's how they get through the day. It's, they don't see it as a problem. They, they wouldn't look at their behaviour with, with an analyst and, and um, listen to a word that the analyst, the, you know, the psychotherapist might have to say because you're more or less telling someone, well, in order to, for you to live a normal and productive life, I'm going to have to remove your lungs. That's how they would see it. If you, if you took away their narcissism, they couldn't, their narcissism, they couldn't cope. You know, speaking of removing organs, I read a very interesting story today. You know, there was a uh, there was a Nigerian couple that was uh, that was arrested in the UK for child organ harvesting. I'm not joking. That's an actual thing. I didn't know about it. You you actually told me about it in prep, didn't you? And it's horrible. It's something that you don't really want to think about, but you know it goes on. And there are so many Nigerian immigrants within the UK, all of which. Um, to some degree, are what's the word I'm looking for? They're still reliant on. I was going to say they're the not government. integrated. They're, they're not integrated. Well, no, no, no. The Nigerian community here in the UK integrates fairly well. They're a Christian, oh, okay, by and large, by and large Christian community, uh, and they they also have some very well educated people. I've worked with a couple of guys back in the days when I was working for a communications company. They were good people. But they, they've still got that hangover with um, their government and the security forces, and they've still got family in Nigeria. So the country still has a hold over them to a certain extent. And and they're not all rich. You know, some of them have, have fled to the UK because of persecution within Nigeria itself, um, governmental persecution. Uh, and they're, they're not rich. And if they can make some money... Then that's what they do. I'm, I'm afraid it's. I would imagine there's there's a certain amount of coercion going on. Um, you know that as well as the the payoff. And I don't know how much a kidney these days go for, but I, as far as I'm aware, kidneys are just about the only organ that can be taken without killing the donor. I think liver as so well. So one, I think. But there's you can take lobes of the liver up to a certain age, uh, and uh-huh. again, I'm not a doctor, but I do know that the the liver regenerates. You do not have to take the whole liver away, and the liver is is kind of a, a layered organ, and you can transplant a part of a liver into somebody else. So that that can still happen. But if you took the whole liver, of course, the the the, the donor would die. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I saw that today and I thought, my God, I mean, I, we know we, we all know that that stuff goes on. It happens. That's unfortunately, that's the world we live in. But you you see that type of, uh, of an individual that gets arrested. I mean, and here's a guy who less than two years ago was shaking hands with Prince Charles. Uh, we saw the photo of, uh, of that going on. He got an award from uh, the University of um, uh, what was it? University of was it Lincoln? I think it was Lincoln, the yeah, University, University of Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, like not two weeks ago, not two weeks ago. He got that. And today he's he and his wife are arrested for that. And it's people in a position of power abusing their authority, their their status, just to make an extra buck. Whatever they're getting from the recipient of the organs is probably 10 times what they're paying the family who lets them take their child back to Nigeria to have an organ removed. And if it was kidnap and it was murder then, of course, there would be more of a hue and cry about the crime. But it's not. Otherwise, we would have heard more about it in the news. Well, uh, I understand you saw it in, a, in, in the Telegraph, was it? Uh, there was an article, I think it was in the Telegraph. Uh, there was also uh, some alternative places uh, are picking it up. Some alternative outlets in the UK are picking it up. I was actually just, um, I was actually just seeing they also were charged with uh, child trafficking uh, as well. Yeah. But anyway, all right, tell you, let, let's get off of that. Let's get back to the uh, let's get back to this particular uh, class of people. And let's let's um, let's go further with it. I actually wanted to bring this up with you last week and I didn't. I was hoping uh, and I told Bruce right after you walked out the door, I said, damn it. I said I really wanted to trigger him with this right at the end, uh. but I didn't get a chance. <laughs> but since we're not at the end, we're right at the beginning. Let's go ahead and we'll we'll talk about this now. Your friend, and as much as I as much as I hate to put it like that, I'm just doing it to wind you up, really. Tony Blair. 
was given knighthood. Uh, and I'd like to know uh, your your thoughts about <laughs> because you've made your uh, your uh, your views on Tony Blair quite clear. And, and quite frankly, I don't disagree with you, uh, not in the least bit, because I believe that uh, he and George Bush belong or both belong in uh, uh, in prison. I believe that Bush belongs in Leavenworth and I believe that Blair belongs in Belmarsh. But um, I, I'm just, you know, average Joe on the street. Who am I? Uh, but him Belmarsh getting would be too comfortable for him. <laughs> too comfortable. Belmarsh would be too comfortable for him. Leavenworth in the in the US is a military prison, as far as I'm aware. Well, yes, he is the former commander. Uh, and so we have a military prison here in Colchester. And if if we were just going to imprison the war criminal rather than do what other what happens to other war criminals around the world then Colchester would be a good place because he'd be in and, in and amongst people who his screwed up idea and false claims that took us all to war who were directly affected. And so he would have such a good time in Colchester and uh, it'd, be, it'd be fit, I tell you, as, as someone who has done a short period of time in the military prison. <laughs> it, but you didn't you, start you it, right? Get, I, <laughs> you didn't start it. I, <laughs> No, no, they were French. Anyway, the the thing, the worst thing about Tony Blair's knighthood is that it's not just any old knighthood. It's he's a knight of the garter, and What's the, it, the could order you explain of the, the difference. Could you explain the difference, please? Right, there's there's life peerages, um, which they give to people in the honours list, which do not extend to being a knight of the garter. Being a knight of the garter is just about the highest honour that doesn't bestow an hereditary title on someone. That's a title that you could pass on to your children and so on, because they come with land and estates, you know. But the the Order of the Garter was established, and I can't remember for the life of me which monarch it was, but it was to make sure that they had sound and trustworthy advisors that they could call upon. So the Order of the Garter are direct advisors to the ruling monarch. And that's what really disgusts me about Tony Blair's knighthood. Edward III. Edward III. Thank you. I knew you'd be on it. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. So Edward III established the, the Order of the Garter. So that goes quite a way back. Edward III, when was that? That must have been around about... 13... Yeah. Uh, I just had it I up. Gonna it was going to say the 14th century. Yeah. So... Yeah, 1348 is when the yeah. uh, this was created. That's the exact number I had in my head for some reason as well. I must have looked that up in the past. So Tony Blair's been given knighthood, uh, knight, knighthood of knight of the garter, you say. So that's an even made a knight honor. of the garter. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's yeah. actually been given a higher honor. What about uh, these other these other jokers and these other yahoos like uh, Van Tam and uh, Chris Whitty? I mean, th these these people that were. That were up there. I mean, they've been given it as well. I, I don't think it was the same. I, I've, I think that the honor you're talking about with Blair was higher. But these other guys, for crying out loud, this is what we're promoting. This is who we're putting in there. I mean, well, I, if, even for uh, even for uh, prominent Americans to be given knighthood by the Queen of England, that was something. That was something. That would really be like a, a proverbial feather in your cap if you're somebody. Even even from an, from an American standpoint, you'd you'd say, oh, well, I was knighted by the Queen of England. That was something back in the day. Not now. I mean, I think, quite frankly, this is just like uh, the Nobel or uh, the European Union or, or any of this stuff. Like, you're cheapening everything by doing that. Yeah, it's that it's being used. The the honors system is being used by our deep state. And our deep state, it's not the politicians. It's very senior civil servants who decide who goes on that, that honors list and, and gets... OBE, MBE, CBE, you know, knighthoods, damehoods. They do say that in, in the lower orders that you have the OBE, which is actually higher than an MBE, but in most cases, the O stands for, OBE stands for other buggers effort. So they give the OBE to people who have headed up an organisation that has achieved something, but have actually done the square root of Sweet Fanny Adams themselves. The MBE, um, which is the lower order, and I've got a couple of friends who are MBEs for their work that they've done for the British Armed Forces, and that stands for my bloody effort. So those in the know, when they see an MBE, they've got more time for that individual than someone with an OBE. 
if that makes any sense. Uh, you, you'll you'll be pleased to know that um, Bill and Melinda Gates both received knighthood well, or the title at least. I I would give them a knighthood because nowadays it means absolutely nothing. But I'd want to do it the traditional way, which involves a full fledged slap round the face so that they remember to be humble. The way the knighthood used to be done, it wasn't just a touch of the sword on each shoulder. That happened, but that was immediately followed up by a gauntlet across the chin. And and I would be happy to to knight Bill and Melinda uh, and any of the, 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 the Davos group, as long as I was allowed to do that. I wonder, do we now have to go back and revise everything? I mean, do we have to now refer to him as Sir Tony Blair? Yeah, people are Gates. already doing so, just despite yeah. the um, the, despite. the petition to have his knighthood removed. I did see that there was a petition. Yeah, I, I did see that there was a petition. Speaking of of this particular, keeping with that group of people and and all of that, you know, I, I want to talk about a a very controversial character. Um, I want to talk about David Ike. This is a this is a very unique individual. Do, do something else you want to say on that before we transition? Before we talk about David. Okay. Um, you you posed the question and I never properly answered it because I was waffling on about other stuff. Because you're quite right, you did trigger me. Thanks. Anything was I that, can do to help? Yeah. If they are gonna continue this charade that you know COVID wasn't a plan and that Van Tam and who was the other one, the one who looks like a Chris dead Woody. person, Chris Woody. That's him. Yeah. It. If they're gonna continue this charade, then they will use the honor system to reinforce that because there are very loyal patriots in this country who thinks oh he's got a knighthood he must have done something good so that's all that's happening they are getting these honors so that the hard of thinking continue to believe the myth and and the charade so we can draw a line under that now and talk about Good old David. Fair enough. You know, I, I started listening to this guy, I, and I, I don't listen to him regular. I catch his interviews every now and again. But I started listening to this guy, I want to say it was like maybe 10, 12 years ago, somewhere along in there. It's when I first heard of him. And I thought, who is this guy? And he started talking about this uh, this upper class of people. I mean, I was already kind of politically aware, but I wasn't like deep into it where we are now. I mean, we're so far out now that we just like there's no going back for us. But I started listening to some of the things that he was saying about the world that we were living in and our system and where we were going if we didn't stop it. And most of that stuff, not all of it, but most of that stuff has come to pass. I didn't really look into the backstory of him as much as I should have. I did know that he had some type of, he was a former football player. He had some type of a mental break or or something like that. I'm sure you'll elaborate on that. But he lost me when he started getting into the um, <laughs> the lizard people. <laughs> he lost me at, at that point. I thought, okay, all right, that that's enough. But, okay, let's just draw a line like you just did. Let's just draw a line. Let's just call that one done. I was with you up until that point. But some of the other stuff that he talks about, he does make a lot of sense. At least he sounds like he makes a lot of sense. But I, I'm not one of these people to... Uh, you know, push my views off on anybody. I mean, you all know that. Uh, the the listeners should all know that by this point. Uh, what's imperative is that you think for yourself. And I've heard him say that on a number of occasions. What's most important is that you learn to think on your own, because now, especially now, is a time that you should think on your own. I have a clip here from him from 24 years ago, but before I play it, before I play it, uh, I thought we would just do this little pretext here and and talk about his past that we know of. I mean, you you know more of the man than I do. Obviously, he's information's changed a lot. Uh, travel of information has changed a lot over the last 10 years. Having access to information over the last 10 years has become a lot easier. Prior to, like I said, about 10 or 12 years ago, I really didn't know who the guy was, but you know who he was prior to that. I'm not a big football fan so his his football career is a bit of a mystery to me i do know that he was a television presenter and a sports pundit um after his football career and he was on tv a great deal so much so that when i walked past him in the street i recognized him immediately and this was decades after he'd really finished on tele television after his breakdown after that infamous interview live on TV where he started to talk about lizard men. So he had a certain degree of fame 
And I also agree that a lot of what he says is true. But here's what I think happened with David Icke. He's a clever man. He started to think he got maybe some inside information moving in those TV circles amongst the, the, the rich and famous. And it opened his eyes and it broke his mind. And he says in, in one of his more recent clips that you have to be strong to stand and be different and to have a different viewpoint from others and to express that viewpoint. Because what most people do is just go along with what everyone else is thinking. And yeah, yeah, what a fantastic new set of clothes the emperor has got. The moment you say the emperor's naked, everyone turns on you. And that's exactly what they did with David Icke. And his mind broke and the horror of the understanding when he started to see what was really happening in the world meant that that damage was was irreparable. And even now, he's speaking a lot of sense, speaks a lot of truth, uh, and people should listen. But my biggest problem with David Icke is that the mysticism that he adds into what he's trying to put across to people and the metaphor that he carries too far. I think when he was, before his breakdown, he was trying to find the right metaphor for these people because they are unfeeling, cold-blooded, and not like the rest of humanity. And he, he came up with a metaphor of lizard men. His mind broke and it became like a stuck record. They were no longer, it was no longer a metaphor. They are actually liz lizard men, you know. Funnily enough, there was a, a TV series called V. I don't know if uh, you yeah, guys remember it. Yep. There was the yeah, old one, the and visitors. then there was the re they did a reboot of it not too long ago, about 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. And and I think the first series came out around about the same time as David Icke's breakdown, but I'd, I'd have to double check that. This is not the first time I've heard of somebody talking about lizard men. It, it's not the first time I've heard that. When I heard Ike talking about it, that was the first time I'd heard it, yes. But in recent times, I've heard other people talking about it. I was... <laughs> I was actually, I was talking to Bruce one night, just privately, and I said, hey, listen, I was I was listening to this guy give this interview the other day on another podcast, and he was talking about all kinds of stuff that just, that that are, you know, we've seen happen, and, and things that are, are on the horizon that have come to pass. And then Bruce asked me a question, and I said, well, then this is where the interview got weird. And he says, what do you mean it got weird? And I said, well, you know, the, the door underneath Antarctica, and that's where the lizard humans live, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And I thought, okay, <laughs> that's just, that's, that's too far out for me. But Bruce, you actually brought it up to me that, didn't you say that there's a theological explanation behind that, possibly? Um, lizard men? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Or was it the, or was it the ones that lived there. underwater? The ones that lived underwater? Was it that one? Uh, no, I mean, we've touched on both of those, like the, the whole, like, mer people and and yeah. lizard men but yeah yeah the only connotation i could i could make to or infer from like a religious standpoint would be uh it, it, it's it's supernatural like demons okay. or something okay. and and i, just, I think we uh, and i'm just trying to help out here but i think what you're talking about is not necessarily theological it's more mythical could it's be. mythos it's it, yeah. it's the atlanteans you're you're thinking of perhaps well anyway I don't want to go down this tinfoil hat rabbit hole of, of lizard men. That's just crazy stuff. That, I mean, if that's indeed what we're dealing with here, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, but I will say, I will say this. There are some videos that are floating around out there of uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. And I've seen the one of the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla, where the neck is doing some crazy things. All right, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's doing some crazy things. Now, I don't know if that's doctored or if that's if that's real or, or what. I'm just saying th these videos are circulating. Marty's this laughing is, at me. This is the problem. I, I'm having a I'm smiling. At, I'm smart. I'm laughing, laughing with you. No, at you. You're right. Yeah, this is the problem. This is the problem we have. I've got a, a family friend and not I've got more than one, actually. But this particular individual is is part of the spiritualist church. And I believe in in healing. I I believe in the um, healing effects of of someone focusing their their energies on you. It, there's more to there's more to life than than science can explain. I'm not a religious man, but I firmly believe that you know the laying on of hands can help people in some situations. But when this individual has done it in the past 
uh, and put his hand on my leg to try and heal my knees. He starts talking utter bollocks about, oh, I can see your spirit guide. It's a Red Indian called such and such. And I can see this person standing near you. And it's total rubbish. It's nonsense. Adding that mysticism to something that is perfectly explainable by other means clouds the message. And this is what happens with David Icke, Lizardmen, Atlanteans, spirit guides, and all those kind of things. It stops the real message getting across. And Fair Fair the New World Order has used it against us. They're, they're, they're aware of this. They're aware of the the shame and the, the derision that comes with a tinfoil hat. So at the moment someone puts them on and starts talking bollocks, it just helps the New World Order's cause. It In does. fact, even saying New World Order can, can get you laughed at and pointed at. And this is where David Icke is right. People do have to stand up say what they they feel and be prepared for that reaction from the vast majority of people because people have been, and we're going to hopefully soon get a good chance to talk about the mass formation hypnosis. And that's what's happened to people. We've been dumbed down for, uh, not centuries, but at least decades. No, you're right. Well, maybe a couple of centuries. Um, I mean, if you go back and you look at newspapers from the 1700s. And I'm, I've looked at British papers from the 1700s and the papers from the United States, well, with the colonies at the time, from the 1700s. They're very difficult to read. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about this in the past as well. We, I've mentioned that the reading age that the Sun newspaper is set at is seven. It's unbelievable. It's so a seven-year-old child could read the paper because the average reading, reading age in the UK is about, well, the, I think they only go up to 12, to be honest. But the average yeah. reading age is between six and eight. Mm, I didn't know. Uh, and that's in a literate, modern, uh, first world country. Yeah. Um, let's get to this. Uh, let's get to this clip here of Ike. This is David Ike from 1998. Now, see if you can tell whether or not he was actually onto something. Again, 24 years ago, 1998. Across the millennium years is crunch time in this whole agenda, crunch time for the human race. This is the time when this network of interbreeding bloodlines wants to bring in its global fascist structure of a world government to which nation states would be administrative units, um, of a world central bank and a world currency, a, a currency that wouldn't be cash, it would be merely electronic, for which there are fundamental implications for human freedom. And also the world army, which is designed to be NATO, um, expanding and expanding as it is now, of course, to become the fully-fledged world army, world police force. And underpinning that little lot is designed to be a microchip population in which we are microchipped with our financial details, our medical details, etc., etc. Um, and that would allow not only electronic tagging, people knowing where we are all the time, it would allow the external manipulation through this electronic means of our mental and emotional processes. This will happen unless the human race wakes up and wakes up fast. And to do that, we need to understand what's really going on. And to let people know that, we've got to stop beating about the bush, stop pulling punches, stop pussyfooting around, keeping information from people, oh my goodness, how will they react, and just say, this is going on, take it or leave it, make of it what you will, but this is what's going on. What a conspiracy theorist. That would never happen. Years ago. <laughs> 24 years ago. I could see why that would be a crazy conspiracy theory 24 years ago. Beautiful thing is, nothing he said there had anything to do with lizard men, had anything to do with mysticism or not actually being in a physical existence and we're in the matrix and all the rest of it that he's come out with recently. I'm not sure, but I think that was just prior to his major bro- mental breakdown. Again, I'll put my tinfoil hat on. He's spouting everything that has happened and is happening right now. And that was 24 years ago. Somehow he got clued in on what was happening. Maybe he was asked to join, to be part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's never admitted to that. But at the same time, perhaps once he started to speak out, somebody somehow got to him. because. It's easy when when you've got enough people playing your game to 
make someone's life a misery to the point where they they lose their mind. And I, and I think that's what happened to him. Okay, you fast forward to today. It's not all that different from what he says today. He's still saying the same thing, albeit, you know, he's not talking about like the lizard stuff and the matrix and all that stuff, which you can make analogies or excuse me, you can make references to that movie and real life. I mean, you, you can make the cross references there from a metaphorical standpoint. You can do that. But his viewpoint hasn't changed. I, I've been listening to him over the years from 1998 to the time, I, which I had no, no idea who he was until about 2010, 2011, 12, somewhere along in there. And he was saying the same thing then. He, he wasn't changing. And he's still saying the same thing now. Is uh, The only difference now is, is we're actually where he said we would be over 20 years ago. Maybe he was even speaking about it prior to that. I don't know. I don't know. But I saw that clip from 1998. This is a short snippet of him giving an interview with a Scottish outlet a couple of days ago. You know, I don't put this information out um, to persuade people to believe it. I put it out there because, you know, my philosophy is everyone should think for themselves. They should come to their own unique perception of reality and not someone else's or take it off the peg. So in terms of my information, take what feels right to you and leave the rest. And that goes for any information you ever receive so that you are the arbiter of what you believe and not some external force. Once that happens, we start to express our uniqueness of view, our uniqueness of the way we see the world. And uniqueness is like garlic to a vampire <laughs> to these tyrants that depend for their their success, if you like, on uniformity. That's right. Uniformity. Every tyranny in history has imposed uniformity because that's the way you essentially that's control. Right. That's and right. um, so we need to express our uniqueness because we're all unique. And then the uniformity falls and their power system falls. Again, not talking about uh, lizard men, not talking about uh, the Matrix or anything like that. He, when he speaks like that, he makes a whole lot of sense. That's exactly what people need to be doing. They need to be thinking for themselves. They need to be seeing what we're seeing, as in the threats that are around them that are looking to, uh, to have them removed from society, to have them removed from the game of life, all of that. It's imperative that people understand this. To recognize it, I think that's a step, but it's not enough. You have to go further with it. You have to be able to think outside of the box. As he just said, you have to be able to formulate your own opinion and not take it from someone else. Do the research yourself. Dig. I know it's, it's asking a lot these days. Dig. You have got to dig. You have got to research. I know that it takes time, but it's essential. It's what must be done. Does it really take a lot? It it doesn't Not take really. a lot. You're right, Bruce. But I, but um, if you if you know the types of people that say, oh, you know, I just I don't have time. You got time to watch Netflix. You got time to watch baseball. You got time to watch football. You got time to watch uh, soccer. What whatever you auto racing. I don't care. You got time to do these things. I'm not talking about people that that go out and spend time with their families. That's essential. You've got to do that. I'm talking about all this other entertainment stuff that has got to be put um, on hold. Our friend Gavin, who's also been on the podcast, you know, I was having a, a chat with him via messenger just a couple of days ago. And the issue is there are some people around who are more than capable of doing the research and coming to the right conclusions, but they won't do it because of a special form of co cognitive dissonance, which is basically that they just can't bear the thought of being that duped. They can't bear the thought that they have fallen for it, so they won't look for it. Because as soon as they realize just how much they've been lied to, just how much has been done against them and in their name by their governments, that they 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 would have a similar kind of breakdown to David Icke when he claimed he was the son of God. And again, he was being metaphorical when he said that, but they decided that it was time to tear him down and his breakdown followed or that was part of his breakdown. I think there is, as I say, I'm not a religious man. I, I think formal religion is an anathema. It's just a way of saying my invisible friend is better than your invisible friend and the way I pray is better than the way you pray. And as soon as you say that, you're an arsehat. But everyone should have faith. 
should believe in something. And I think there's the spark of divinity in all of us. And I think that's what he was actually trying to say. He was trying to say, we're all important uh, and he is the son of God. And by saying that, of course, it's one of the most ridiculous claims to make uh, in front of a TV camera with a country's gutter press all too ready to, to fall on you with their steely knives, to quote the Eagles, was it? Yeah. Anyway, that's the point I wanted to make about David and his breakdown is that he does speak the truth, but he's hiding it with so much nonsense that that message is being lost and and cancelled out. Perhaps with the uh, talking, you know, you you have the time to go and and look for information, you know, dig in yourselves. Uh, maybe this would be an opportunity for uh, and in keeping in line with spending time with the family uh, to have a family event um, at least once a week, where you go in and look up information together and and find out truth and facts and you know real information and challenge the things that you believe see if they're true or not and um dig into those college papers and those uh you know news articles from the the side that you don't agree with uh, and and see if there's some validity to those things and find out uh the truth again so it it would be a good learning experience for your kids teach them to critically think and how to search for information. And it would help you stay on top of things so that when it's time for you to vote or what have you, you're prepared. I think that's a really good suggestion. And to a certain extent, I have tried this, but it's best on a one-to-one basis, in my opinion, because that way there's, there's just that connection between you and whoever you're trying to inform. As soon as you add a third party to the mix, there's the chance that those two will gang together with their cognitive dissonance and reject what you have to say or what you are showing them or where you are leading them to through the internet or through any document that reveals the truth. I agree, but there's nothing wrong with working towards that group kind of investigation, but you would have to build it up one person at a time until you have a group that have open minds. And and I have tried. I, I have tried exactly what you've you've just suggested, but I've done it on a one-to-one basis. Yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, we have Ned on once a week to talk about it too. So <laughs> you did send him to us and he's been a valuable I, contributor. I, Ned and I probably talk, if not every day, at least four or five times a week and at length. The amount of time I've known him, he's always been open-minded and seen things that I wasn't seeing. I'm slightly younger than he is, believe it or not. He's definitely opened my eyes. So perhaps he did what Bruce had just suggested. Perhaps he did that to a certain extent for me. But another man had been a major influence in my life was my grandfather. And he was a very free thinker. And some of the words that were coming out of Ike's mouth in one of the last more recent videos that he's done, I thought, hang on, I've heard this before somewhere. And it was from my grandfather. It was particularly, if anyone's going to look at these videos uh, and watch and listen to David Icke, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners will, it was the bit about how everything is frequencies. If you can find the resonant frequency of an object that appears solid, you can turn that into, uh, if if you can make it resonate, it's no longer a solid because you can actually force uh, what appears to be particles apart. There I was as a a young weapons engineer, home on leave, listening to my granddad, who was also an electrical and electronics engineer and a mechanical engineer, telling me that water doesn't conduct electricity. But if you drop your toaster into the bath with it plugged in, you still get electrocuted. What is actually happening there? It's the, the fact is that water resolves charge. It, it makes every, it wants everything to be at zero. So he was telling me stuff that went completely against everything I was being taught in my training. But when I think about it later on, it's absolutely true. And there was the long conversations about everything being a bunch of frequencies. That is the truth. But we can't think and function like that because our science doesn't work when we do. 
we have to follow what our science says. Can't believe I just said that. I can't believe you just said that either. Just on that point, and I want to move on here. What's interesting is, is if you follow the science, if you start following the science, it's interesting that it leads to where the money goes. That's where science is now, is when you start following the science, that which is what they tell us to do, you get put onto a money trail. And when you start getting onto a money trail, you don't know where you're going to end up ever. If I found the end of the money trail, I know what I'd be doing. I'd be filling my pockets with it. Well, yeah, of course. That's, that's what you'd be doing with a duffel bag behind you, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Moving right along, let's talk about the Ukraine a little bit. Uh, Ukraine was just given a candidate status by the European Union, along with Moldova. And now there's talk of Georgia being uh, being fast tracked. I'm not exactly sure uh, that that's even like you, you can't do that. I think all member states have to agree. And I, I'm not sure that that actually happened. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're moving ahead with that. But uh, I wanted to, to talk about some of the um, well, the craziness that's going on over there. Well, the whole situation is crazy. But have you guys been following any of this as in like in, in recent weeks? Do you or do you not get a sense of like, I feel like we're watching a, a series on Netflix or something when it comes to, to Ukraine, like they're, they're doing photo ops. They got Ben Stiller in there this week. You know, the guy from Meet the Parents or, or whatever. He's in there. Uh, he's meeting with Zelensky and they're having, you know, doing the little handshakes and the, you know, the arm cuddles and everything else. And, oh, you're such an inspiration. You're an inspiration for the world, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. Isn't there a war going on in your country? Aren't you supposed to, like, take a break and, and go fil- like what you're, you're filming? Something with an actor, you're doing photo ops, and then what? You, then you cut to the the scenes where there's bombs dropping on cities. Like, well, I, I I don't understand here. Bruce and I saw some video the other day, and I'll run this one past you, uh, Marty. You haven't seen this yet. We saw some video the other day of this. Now you know exactly what gunfire looks like. Of course you do. You spent time in the service. You know what taking live rounds actually looks like. Of course you do. And. Well, see, there's a little bit of a problem. Now, this is taken in Ukraine. And as you can see here, uh, of course, the, you know, there's sparks flying and everything else. And uh, yeah, they move back and they get to the next point of cover. And up oh, here comes the camera crew to film it. And then, of course, you got the guys with the, the paintball guns that have got the, you know, the little the little gunpowder rounds in them for the effect there. So y- you see what I mean? I-, I feel like we're being sold a bill of goods. And in the meantime... Oh, we've got to send Mario Draghi, Emmanuel Macron, Olaf Scholz, Boris Johnson. We've got to send all these people over to Ukraine to meet with Zelensky. We've got to have more people sent over there to, to fight in the Ukraine conflict. And uh, I've got something on that. Uh, some UK citizens are actually scheduled to be executed. Uh, that was announced because uh, Russia has said that they don't fall under the under the uh, the Geneva Convention. So we can talk about that. But do you see what I mean here? Obviously, we're seeing propaganda on both sides, but this is just getting ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That building is has been demolished by demolition experts. It hasn't been hit by the, the one in the video. Those uprights are all the reinforced struts that hold the next floor up. And the gaps in between were filled with breeze block, bricks uh, and plaster. Yeah, this this is staged. It, it's it's for a film. And this is it's it just shows the possibility to people of what we could be seeing on our TV news presented as real conflict. But in this particular case, is just a film. And those troops are so badly trained as well. The fire positions that they were that, that they began at, there was no defense there. When they moved back to the next line of pillars, there they had shadow to cover them, and they had some something solid in front of them between them and the enemy that they could shoot round. So they're not well-trained troops. It's a film. It's for that purpose. And could it be? Could it be used to fool people that the conflict is much, much worse and continuing than it really actually is? Just to carry on from there, Leaders, world leaders during times of war have to take the time out to meet celebrities and the the kind of people who've come there to raise morale and support the troops and so on. We had Dame Vera Lynn was the the forces sweetheart during, you know, the British forces sweetheart during the um, Second World War. My grandfather was probably in love with the woman when, when he fought in the Second World War. Fortunately, he married my grandmother, who looked very similar. So I, I think there was there was some definite, you know, uh, choices made there 
based on that girl there looks looks like Dame Vera Lynn. So I'm, I'm well, she wasn't a dame at the time. She was just plain Vera Lynn, but she was a singer. So yeah, politicians do meet with celebrities during times of war. So the nonsense with Zelensky and Stiller. It's a photo. Sorry, I'm not. It, it was a photo photo op, and they just wanted to show their guns off. Both of them clearly are working out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they've kept their tone. Zelensky, as soon as the cameras are off, he must be pumping iron. You know, he must be using free weights the, the very second that the yeah. cameras are off him. Yeah. Says I, just as I'm doing a few arm curls. Yeah. What can I say? So Liz Truss was on uh, the BBC uh, on a number of occasions saying that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we should we should uh, encourage people to go over there and fight. Of course. Of course, we should encourage that. Absolutely. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great cause. You know, we would like to see more British men stepping up and uh, uh, and joining the fight over there. Well, how's that working out for you? British men have been abandoned by uh, Liz Truss and they were t- they've been told that they will be executed in Ukraine. British man sentenced to death by a Russian court for fighting in Ukraine has been told that the execution will be carried out in according uh Carried out according to his family. Aiden Aslan, 28, and Sean Pinner, 48, were sentenced to charges of terrorism by a court in the Donetsk People's Republic. Former care worker, originally from Newark in Nottinghamshire, told his family that his captors claimed there had been no attempt by UK officials to negotiate on his behalf. His family said that they had spoken to him in a phone call in which he had been told that time is running out by his captors. That doesn't sound like your government, and I'm not saying that mine would be any better, quite frankly, but that doesn't sound like your government's doing a whole lot uh, to help those gentlemen when they were encouraged them to go over there and get involved in the first place. No, no. And um, whilst I would never anymore defend my government, what did they expect? They need these kind of atrocities to happen. They need this kind of shock and horror and public disgust to happen in order to rabble-rouse the British populace and get them all behind the Ukrainian war. They're sacrifices. That's what those two guys will be. They'll be sacrificed just to keep the narrative going, just to keep the hate towards anything that isn't the New World Order's plan, anything that isn't straight out of Davos. The guys stand no chance at all. I was never, even though I'm trying to get the words out right here, even though... I wanted to get involved with other conflicts that are going on around the world or have been going on. This one, no, nothing about it says it's a just war and that it needs to happen. And all our governments are doing, yours, your government and my government is feeding more and more military hardware into Ukraine. They want more artillery. They want more, uh, you know, people people have they're, reported they're asking- it as, oh, we've... Yeah. They're asking for F-15s. And and do you know what? They'll probably get them because there was that plan originally, wasn't there, to, to fly them in from neighbouring countries that were NATO countries or non-NATO countries. Yeah. And but then swap, Russia, swap them out. Yeah, but then Russia destroyed the airports. Like yeah. they destroyed the runways. So it's it's I know we're we're always unscripted and, and I've found that tonight I've been struggling to come out with a coherent, fluid flow of uh, of words about these things because they are just so unimaginable and such big lies and they're very difficult to you train a thought right so that you can speak about it and make sense and, and i apologize to the listener if if i've waffled and stuttered a bit tonight this has happened to americans as well uh, i know we were talking about people from the uk but uh, we have americans over there that the uh, russia has captured as well and are planning to execute so i mean it it both countries are kind of in the same situation and and it they never should have it should never been like we shouldn't have been involved to begin with in my opinion uh, there's no good guy in this in this uh war they, they they both have their own faults it doesn't benefit us in any way uh so why why would we be involved we still got people it's, in afghanistan well you know they they were hit by an earthquake yesterday thousands dead yeah i heard about um remote remote villages destroyed i did laugh of not not at the disaster that has befallen these people who really have probably done nothing to deserve what's happened to them but the taliban have asked the world for aid the taliban just just listen to that they've asked world governments to to send aid 
to them. The issue they've got, of course, is it's not a recognised government in any way, shape or form. So how can you be sure that whatever aid you send winds up going to where it needs to go rather than into the pockets of Taliban mullahs? Well, it's kind of the situation like what Haiti was running into. They had uh, warlords basically taking up the uh, supplies that were sent in for, for humanitarian aid. They were taking it and uh, exploiting uh, that themselves, uh, uh, you know, getting yeah. control and power, money, all those kind of things themselves. Kind that's of the same exactly, situation. That's exactly what they do. Uh, I've seen it firsthand in uh, Djibouti and Somalia with aid shipments coming in, being handed over to the warlord. The warlord then gains uh, an increased power base because it's him and his guys that are handing out that aid. But getting back to these guys that have gone to to fight in, in Ukraine, they've been captured by Russians. And of course, Putin is going to make an example of them. That's exactly what they should have expected. Shamima Begin, the girl who travelled across yeah. to 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 be an ISIS bride. Yeah, she's not been allowed back into the country, and yet, to all intents and purposes, she was an enemy of our state. But she's had she's had a kinder treatment by the government than than these guys will get because they are going to be made an example of. They are going to be sacrificed to keep the narrative going and to keep the hate going in the right direction. That clouds all the real information and, and real things that are happening. And I absolutely hope that none of those those guys' family or friends listen to this podcast. Well, we're always after more listeners, but I hope they don't hear it because that's the last truth that they need. No, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. And in the meantime, the government, you know, Boris Johnson and the, you know, the foreign office can now come out and say, oh, look, see, see the evil Putin, see, he's, he's executing our, uh, our our citizens. You know, that it's a, it's the perfect narrative that they can continue to run with. It, exactly. And it will rouse everybody up. And, and so when the, the billions get thrown towards Ukraine, people will say, oh, well, well, it's absolutely necessary that evil bastard Putin is doing this and doing that, and we've got to stop them and keep throwing money at it, Boris. Yeah, oh, I'll happily not have a pay rise, uh, and I won't, you know, I won't moan about paying more tax. You know, the cost of living can go up and up and up, but at least we're not in a war. Here's the news for you, people. You are in a war, you are being attacked, and you're being attacked by your own government. Well, I was going to ask you for a final thought, but uh, I think that's just as good a place as any to leave it, don't you? I think so. I better go and dig myself an air raid shelter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up? Do you know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. As always, it's a pleasure having you here. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Good night, guys. 